Drogba indirici daha Snyder! Snyder gol! Merhaba and welcome to episode 15 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. I'm your host, well, as you can clearly see, not Samet, this time it's Sali. And we got four members of the crew today from Brooklyn, New York. We got Emre. How are you doing, Emre? Still, oh, uh, man. <laughs> still on that yeah. stomach ache? Stomach ache and the pain from seeing the, you know, crypto gains going down, you know. Not even thinking about golf today anymore, man. My heart hurts too much as of late. <laughs> it's been stabbed from multiple angles, as I can mm-hmm. hear. No more coming back. Right? No I would more. normally say good to hear, but this time it's uh, on the sad side. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to John. Have you come out of traffic? How are you doing? I'm out of traffic. I'm a free man. Thank you for having me once again. Sali killed the intro. Amazing. Rivaling Summit. I don't know. We're going to have to see going forward. That was a good one. We don't even need him anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a spot. We can just skip him already. Right, yeah, right? You, you have nice. my vote. That was a good one. That was pretty good. Good job, man. Um, on another side note, how did your friendly go? You had a friendly? Yeah, as well? yeah. Yesterday. I had a. That's why you got into traffic. Yeah, the sun is out in, in my area now. Toronto is no longer freezing cold. We're out in shorts and t shirts, so we're on. We're back on the pitch. Friendly was okay. We lost 3-2, but we have some new pieces to uh to add to the team this summer, so we're we're working through it, seeing uh, you know, how how we can do things this summer, where where we can go and stuff like that. So it was a good start, and I'll uh I'll keep you guys posted. That's good to hear. So the pitchforks weren't out for that loss? No, no, not no. Yet, not or... yet, not yet. Okay, thank God, thank God. <laughs> and lastly, our Croco buddy from Melbourne, Australia. How are you doing, Mazar? I'm doing very well. But I think that Croco joke's getting a bit old. <laughs> yeah, a bit out of hand. Right? We, we need a new one. We need I a think. new nickname. <laughs> yeah, as, as the new host, I think you should come up with a new nickname. Yeah, that was not original, bro. Come on. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. It's For fun, next you time. Gotta, you got to prove yourself, you know, <laughs> why you deserve right. to be here as the host instead of Summit, you know? That's true. That's true. I'll work on it. Don't worry. Um, how's how's the house? It's finally finished, right? House is finally finished, right? Moved completely Ooh. moved in. Thank God awesome. for that. Thanks, brother. When are you inviting us, bro? Now we're now we're chilling. I'm not. <laughs> oh. That was our oh, that wow. was our chance okay, to do the pod down. in person, man. <laughs> that was so pure as well. Like you didn't even <laughs> think about it. It was straight like no. All right, moving on. As I'm the host, and normally I do a fact of the week, I uh, <clears throat> I still did my job here, and uh, I'll give another fact, which I found pretty interesting. Found about it uh, a week ago. And it has to do with pirates. So we all know they all have a eye patch, uh, as we know. Mm-hmm. And what I initially thought is that it was due to battles or scars or whatever. But it happens to be... It's actually meant for... So you know when uh, ships, uh, they have to board each other, right? To start fighting. And the yeah. eye lap is actually put on right before battle. Because what they do, since most of the fight is uh, under the deck, 
they switch it from eye to eye. So one eye is actually used to night vision and can see better in the dark. Because normally it takes about 15 to 20 minutes for your eyes to adjust to like very low uh, amounts of light. Oh, I find that's that, interesting. Uh, I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I always thought it was due to, I don't know, gunpowder or whatever. But. Where did you get that from? Because I, I heard that like a week or two ago. Was it on like a TV show or something? Um, it happens to be that I found it via a podcast. I forgot the name. And they basically introduced uh, like... They had a section where they had like a few facts and basically what the host was uh, trying to get is if it's cap or not. And in this case, it was apparently true. It was true. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. I think maybe exactly. I saw it on TikTok or something. That's pretty sick though. Could be. Yeah, I was also really amazed. I was like, oh damn, like my whole life has been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, as usual, we'll talk about some news. Uh, some recent events that have happened surrounding uh, Galatasaray. So the first notable news I found is that Jagne seems to return to Galatasaray after a six-month break, uh, as seen on his Instagram post, uh, where he, well, says he's determined and uh, missed us, pretty much. Um, Do you guys even want him back? That That's actually a good discussion point. Would you want him back? I, I, I personally it. don't. I, I I mean like he's a he's a big personality. I I like him for that, but I don't know. Do you guys? What do you like? Do you want? I don't even think he's a good football he's, player, he's, man. He's he's better than Gomez, I guess. <laughs> That's somewhere yeah. to start. I think you're just having I recency think, bias, mate. You think so, right. bro? I, I don't bro. know, bro. I, I think right now everyone in this. Oh, not everyone. There's a few players that aren't um replaceable. There's Marcao, Nelson, uh, and. Kerem. Yeah. Everyone else, and Musleta, of course. Everyone else, other than those four, could leave for all I care, and we can just play with our under 15s. And I don't <laughs> yeah. think it would make a difference. And I'll tell you this: I know Jagne has some more juice in his legs than Gomis. Like I can guarantee. Like Gomis doesn't even look like he can run anymore, man. No, no. bro. He runs for 10 minutes and he's puffed out. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, just, he's 37. You know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, bro. Then retire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a professional football player. I can play for at least 25 minutes on an outdoor pitch and not get out of breath. Pro- like, yeah, you're professional, bro. And, like, you should be better than that. And bro, I, I don't, I think I might have mentioned this uh, in the last episode, but he, it's pissing me off how uh, he's always he said like two or three times now. Oh, just just wait until next season. You're gonna see the real Gomis. Exactly, uh, bro. That's pissing that's me off. Stop fucking yeah, scamming bro. us, bro. We're not gonna see Cap, nothing Cap. next season, please. He's he's just baiting us in, just trying <laughs> yeah. to just get that extension. Um, yeah. so we somehow buy it. I I also don't. It's also pissing me off. Not gonna lie. He's he's so. I should put it. I mean, he's 37, so again, you can't expect too much from him. I mean, 37-year-old striker at Galatasaray. Uh, of course, there's other 37-year-old players who are doing fine, but yeah. he's so lethargic. I, I just don't... In the modern game, I just don't see as much how he would work since usually you have to like uh, defend as a whole unit, so all 10 players have to do it. And with him, it just feels like you're playing with 9 players, pretty much, when pressing at such. He's just there you know up front he's pretty uh, close to anyway. getting his extension now he needs 10 goals he's already scored mm-hmm. like five now has he scored five i thought it was six but yeah he's, he's five or six he's, yeah and then he is close to it 
And of those five, six goals, how many pens were they again? Yeah, I think three. I was just going right? to say that. Yeah, at least, at least three, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. don't think he gets the extension. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, let's let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so anyway, Jagne, well, wants to return again. Uh, not looking forward to it, but there you go. Um, then there was these other rumors going around where... Um, Torrent was to be sacked or not to get sacked. Uh, and then the latest one was basically Borak Elma saying that he's not in termination talks with Torrent. Um, that is also interesting to hear, but in my opinion, good to hear that at least. Uh, I don't think we can afford much more chaos right now. Um, Furat Develeole will be running for president as the third official candidate in June, seems like. Um, there were also rumors about Mohammed wanted to leave, as there's again interest from France. And lastly, on the more football side and not necessarily like board or transfer wise, uh, Sensibile and Campos have made agreements with four players, it seems to be. And uh, agreement wise with these names, they're, well, at least they say that there won't be any problems. And these names will be given to new management, as there will be uh, re elections, as we know. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much do, that. Do, uh, do we have any names? Would be that uh, the new the name I saw was uh, how do you pronounce it? Jaka, I think from uh, Lille. It was a twenty eight oh, year old yeah. midfielder. Yeah, I saw that. I oh, saw yeah, that. yeah, yeah. The po the Port Portuguese guy. No. Yes, the Portuguese guy, and indeed yeah. he's like twenty eight. And there was oh, I forgot the name. There were like two names mentioned. I forgot the second one. I don't know if someone else uh, saw it flying by or remembers it. That that's probably yeah, I mean, true. I mean, Jeka makes Jeka makes sense because he's at Lille and Campos is from Lille. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. I that's, that's why I, I think that could that could probably be true. You know, mm -hmm. and he's been mentioned a few times before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, that's I think fair. like six months before though, like during January, uh, that he could come for relatively cheap and you know uh, be part of our midfield, which we definitely need an upgrade there. So. Um, and a more recent news, since we were supposed to record, uh, you know, yesterday, but today broke out that Tursun Özbek and Yunal Aysal want to, you know, uh, actually Tursun Özbek wants to run for presidency, and Yunal Aysal had some comments about that he wants to pump in money or whatever, like 50 mil, I think that's total BS, but he wants to finish his unfinished work. Uh, you mean that's what he mentioned. <laughs> bankrupting the club? Again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's I'll, what it means. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You believe? And what do you think of uh, Dusan Özbek again trying as a uh, well fourth candidate? Seems like <laughs> anything, um, bro. Anything but that, please. The thing is, the other two candidates aren't really like enticing either. That that's how dire the situation is. That he can actually be <laughs> a competitive candidate. You know that's that's actually sad. But this is Gossel, man. Eventually, someone will come and take that that podium, and lead us to you know greater heights. Because it's happened before. So mm -hmm. I, who this is why I love Gossel. No matter what, like we always find and climb ourselves out of any situation. So mm -hmm. if he comes, I don't give a damn because we'll make it out some way somehow. That's right, and we don't have to put imaginary, uh, imaginary stars on the front of our shirt or lift fraudulent trophies. We don't have to do any of that. <laughs> you see, that trophy see... was such a joke, bro. <laughs> uh, my, I have friends that are like Peace Fanatic supporters, like they're they're very cool, 
and even they were saying like this is embarrassing like what, what, what is this like every excuse they find they're lifting up a trophy i i really i can't <laughs> i can't think of a moment that is more embarrassing than that like just for even even just for turkish football as a whole that that is dreadful man like I, it's it's cringe <laughs> like it's hard to even watch the clip of them on the pitch like lifting that trophy and stuff it's so cringe man yeah and let me ask you guys i know you guys are upset with the whole situation regarding Burakelmas being you know only what a year in almost and being you know dethroned but would you rather have that or be stuck with a like basically dictator president like Burak Elma? I'm not sorry, Ali Koch. You see, that's yeah, what I, I love about our democracies that we don't have to deal with someone like Ali Koch. If he he's been nothing but unsuccessful for almost five years, and Fener yeah, fans but- are dying to get rid of him and they can't. But see what he's doing because he's do. I what I think is that he's doing all of this shit to distract the fans from the fact that. Uh, the trophy cabinet literally hasn't even been looked at in almost a decade. I think it's like eight years or something. I think this is just a distraction. Like the fan, they their fans need something to celebrate. Like are <laughs> they like they haven't celebrated anything in so long. The only that's why when they beat us, they run all all Go around yeah, because exactly. they don't win anything they literally yeah. win nothing so you know it, i i think it's just a distraction man he's just he's saving his own ass That's and their saying. fans are just so pathetic they just eat it up but i i, I don't know the, the bottom line is yeah, yeah of course the the bottom line is um you know winners focus on winning we don't focus exactly. on losers so there's not much more to say about that that's a very, very powerful way to end. That's that's very well Drop said. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. It's right actually, now. <laughs> it, it is. Look, I I initially didn't add it, but it is probably the most noteworthy news. I know it's not really as much Galatasaray related, but more Turkish football related. But it is exactly true what John said before. They they just need something to hold on. Literally, since Ali Koç has been in power, every other big club has you know uh, won the league. And they still haven't, while, while pretty much uh, revamping their squad every six months. They like how many yeah. defenders have they signed in the last few years? They literally recycle through them and just change them like underwear. Um, but yeah, I think I think the words you just described are like perfect. Like it's it's really cringe. And the way I've been discussing or discussing the way I've seen it on Twitter as well is like, is there like literally no one that thinks like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. instead of self-reflecting and just looking at what we went wrong, because, you know, there can be stints where you just don't win. Instead of doing that, they just point fingers. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. The craziest thing I heard was uh, Ali Koç uh, accusing, I think, Imamola of letting Trabzonspor win or whatever. And because he went on stage with a Bordeaux uh, Mavi uh, tie, and I'm like, that's so conspiracy theory like like that's just going way too far even yeah, he when... came out and said like bro what what are you guys on about i'm not even you know i like fener too and he has photos of him in uh in the stadium okay all right um with the news out of the way i think we should move forward to the prediction yeah normally we do this at the end this time we'll move it a bit closer. 
And uh, as we know, Basakshir and Gasai ended in a nil-nil draw. And uh, well, our glorious coach got it right. He predicted the exact same score with a nil-nil tie. Uh, whereas the rest, basically Emre, Mazar, me and Summit predicted a loss. Uh, Yasin also predicted the draw, but it was a 1-1. So with that, let's go on to the match performance. Um, Do we have before to? Before the match started, <laughs> we unfortunately have to. I know it was a snooze fest and there, was, there weren't really that many positives, although we'll get into it in a bit. Um, what I wanted to start with is before the game started, uh, Emre Kalinch was suspended. Uh, Markao is still injured, unfortunately. And Muslera Babel and Van Aanholt are, uh, were one card away from suspension. Um, lineup-wise, uh, while well, we changed a few plays around, after that horrific performance of Semikaya, we put in Alpaslan Öztürk, of which I think had quite a decent game, actually. Except for uh, one brain-dead moment, where he just gave the ball away for no reason. Um, we also put in Berkan back. Instead of Eric Pulgar, so going for a 4-1-4-1. And the rest is kind of the same. Actually, no, we had Mohamed too, starting. But yeah, what do you guys think of the match? I'll just start with uh, Emre. What do you think of our performance in general against Bashakshi? Any positives uh, we could take away? I mean, it's like the classic golf setup. We always start off well. In the 15 minutes or so of the opening, it was good. You know, we were like toe-to-toe with them. We found some positions. We obviously mm-hmm. couldn't finish. Um, but after that, we just keep falling off, like, slowly and slowly. And then second half, we just completely tapered off. And Bashak Shehid was just, like, overriding our whole squad. They were, like, completely in our half, just trying to score. And Muslera just went full-on God mode and, like, literally kept a clean sheet for us. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single, like, good thing that really, like, happened. Like, oh, good thing this kid got to play because... We didn't really see anyone young play other than what Butish and who just came on for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Other than and that, had a big like, chance too. Yeah, he actually had a big chance. He had one chance that went a little too wide, and then one mm-hmm. chance at the very dying minutes of the game, which could have actually won us the game, like right near the goalkeeper. But he, he couldn't finish it. He hit the post and it went out, and that's that was pretty much the end of the game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I did. I really don't like how we just let teams override our whole midfield, and just go ham on us in the second half. It's been happening quite consistently. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but it's something that I want to see handled. I don't know. It 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 seems to be a pattern, right? Like the first half, we seem to the first ten, fifteen, maybe sometimes even twenty minutes. We start to we start pretty well. We play. Relatively fast, we do actually create chances, but I don't know what type of talk Torrent does at halftime. But second half, we're just dreadful. We do nothing. We don't take a shot. We we do actually, relatively speaking, like ball possession-wise, we're actually not that poor usually. But still, we're just showing no... We're not asking questions to their defense. We're just passing around. And uh, this game, well, our, I think our first shot in the second half came around the 60th or 70th minute. That's like way too late. You should do more beforehand. So, uh, like, I, I, I do wonder what goes wrong. Maybe John knows as a coach himself. Like, what could go wrong during a half times? 
uh, talk well, with your team? Um, well, I'm not sure what can go wrong, but I think one thing Torrent is not doing, and I kind of just think he's not capable of, which I was talking about last episode, was I just don't think he's capable of motivating our team properly. Uh, I, I gave the example of in the uh, Nelson interview when he said when they're on the pitch and they know he knows he has Muslera behind him, he has that safety net, right? He, he gets confidence from that. I don't think you you have that feeling when Torrent is on the sideline. Like you you definitely had something like that with Fatih Ted and we, we spoke all about that last week. So I, I don't know what could go wrong at the half, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the tunnel or in the change room at halftime, but... Um, I just don't think he's able to motivate the team properly. And I don't know if at this point of the season, if the players are just not responding well to him um, or what he's asking of the players, if they're just not capable capable of doing that or if they don't feel comfortable doing that. And that could very well be the case, you know? Like exactly what Emre said, we started the match. We looked, we looked pretty motivated at the start of the match. Like we weren't playing amazing, but I thought that we showed some you know, sign that we could potentially score, you know, maybe not necessarily win, but at least put the ball in the net. And then those hopes kind of just went away. And the second half started like we've seen in the last few games. And it was just, it was very uninspiring. And look, Mm -hmm. let's face it. We have a very, uh, I guess, toothless team. You know, we're, we're, we're toothless in attack. We have nothing other than Kerem that can really hurt teams. You know, like Kerem shows that little spark here and there, and mm-hmm. he creates something out of nothing. And we say to ourselves, wow, you know, we get teams in trouble. But we, without that, we, we're absolutely toothless. We have nothing to threaten teams with. And uh, yeah, that's, a, that's been a big problem with, with Torrent. And that's how I knew the game, like I, I think I surprised some people when i initially said the game would be zero zero i know um that's true yasin was like bro that's that's a wild prediction but i i I knew it was going to be something like that because we're not good enough to score the only thing that we have going for us sometimes not even all the time anymore is our back line is can be very sturdy it can be it can also be very flimsy at times but um yeah alpaslan came in i thought he did pretty well defensively but you know on our day our back line is good and I also include Muslera in that as well defensively because he was he just made a lot of clutch saves for us but yeah I mean we're not good enough to score goals so we're not going to win very many games it's it's as simple as that I, f- I find it very interesting uh, what you say before as well like that the team is not motivated and based on Dominic Torn's comments he always raves about how much motivation seems to be a thing in Turkey and no one talks about tactics. And um, he also mentioned, I believe, that motivation should come from the player itself. Like, I shouldn't tell you that you want this. You should want it yourself, like, to win and give out a performance. It's what not do exactly we think wrong. Of, it's not exactly wrong. What do you think wrong. of these comments? Yeah, Mazar. Go ahead. I, I, I actually agree with him. Um, I know in the past I've criticized Torrent a lot, but that statement, is it's, it's pretty true. And this is in all things in Turkey, right? It's we're a very um guzz kind of people. We just all go off motivation, go off go off gas and it can be overlooked that our tactics sometimes aren't the best and it's pretty obvious that they aren't the best. But in this case, um I think I think it's very hard to motivate the team. I do believe the coach should be motivating the team to a certain point. But after that certain point, I think the player wants has to have the hunger. One has to strive to do it themselves. 
But mm-hmm. having said that, we're, we're like 30 points behind first right now. We're sitting at, what, 13th place? It's mm-hmm. it's hard to motivate the team in this situation, especially when Torrent took over from Fights Tedim, who is pretty much a motivational speaker at this point. <laughs> to, taking taking the reins from him and then putting Torrent there, who doesn't really believe in motivation the way Fights Tedim does. It's a bit hard, given the club situation. Mm-hmm. It's also much harder on Torrent. It's just situation sucks. So let, let me ask a... you guys this. Yes. This this might be interesting. So what do you think would have happened if Torrent came in as one of the assistants like it was originally planned and we had more of a mix of, um, I don't know, tactical ability with Fatih Tedim's personality and aura and motivational skills? It would what, not What work. do you guys think? Well, I aside from... Fatih Tedim wanting to control every single thing and you know that if he wasn't like that and he allowed Torrent to be by his side and actually had an open mind as to what he had to say well how do you guys think that would have played out if he had an open mind it'd be amazing right because Fatih Tedim's not a bad coach as much as people love to say he's a bad coach he's not a bad coach he's, he's, he's right. still a very really good coach and the best coach in Turkish history that's just yeah. facts but um yeah, it's, if if he was open to suggestions from his assistant managers and not just putting pawns there, yeah, it would have been an amazing thing to see, amazing sight to behold. But that's one of biggest fights. That's one of fights in his biggest flaws, right? That he doesn't Absolutely. take shit from nobody, and he doesn't take advice from nobody either. So it's mm-hmm. that's a big what if scenario. Maybe they can make a TV show about that. What if fights him actually <laughs> listen to other people? <laughs> then maybe, maybe they he could put have... it at the. Uh... At the end of Netflix uh, documentary. He wouldn't have <laughs> as many championships then, maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe if not. If he wasn't as that's... stubborn as he is currently, you know? Maybe not. But let's be honest, man. Like, he, everyone says he's an ego. You, it's impossible not to have an ego and be that successful. I, I don't know any person that's really successful and not egotistic. Like, look at all the big managers. A lot of them are very yeah, stubborn are. and egotistical. You know what I mean? Guardiola's egotistical. Klopp is egotistical to a certain extent. Everybody, Mourinho, Mourinho is like the Mourinho. epitome of ego. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so I am Jose Mourinho. <laughs> the special one. I am the chosen one. Exactly. Exactly. So, that is, yeah. yeah. To get back to that, that is a really hard question to answer. What would have happened? It could, it could go either way. It could work wonders, as as Ma said before. The pawns of uh, Selçuk and uh, Nejati will then be removed and we would have someone who has more knowledge rather than, you know, just say yes to everything what Fatih Terim says. But it could also end in chaos. The two could have just lots of arguments. I don't know. Like, if Torn suggested something and Fatih Terim will be like, nah, we're not going to do that then. What's and the yeah. point? And I kind of well. see why he wouldn't have accepted him. Like, let's be real. Torrent is, what, 59? Fatih Terim mm-hmm. 68. I think he's more in line of trying to produce protégés than trying to, like, you know, work with other, like, established assistants. You know what I mean? I think it's more of, like, mm-hmm. a country thing. Like, I want to, you know, replace someone at Galatasaray. Like, replace, like, his, you know... Like, have a replacement for him. The next in line. Obviously, it wasn't mm-hmm. Hassan Shash or Umid Davo. They've obviously parted ways. Then he brought on Nejati and Sachuk. We saw how that went. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I kind of wish he would have stayed just until the season's end because we've seen Fatih Tatum's track record in the second half of like seasons. He always makes some 
pretty crazy comebacks. For like mm-hmm. talking from that kind of perspective, I kind of believe that we would have ended better. We probably wouldn't be champions. It wasn't looking like we were going to be champions, but I'm pretty sure we would have ended at least top six. Top six. I don't so know about st- you. Still uh, yeah. not European spots, but still like at least. Well, well, potential conference league if, you know, Trabzon wins the, the, the Turkish Cup. Kupa, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting take. I mean, that's definitely something to consider also um, at the end of the season or whether he's going to get sacked or not. I still have no idea on what our new presidents actually want to do. I keep hearing lots of different names. I, I read about Rudy Garcia again, uh, how how he's apparently in talks with uh, IAK Athens. or Yeah, I think that team. Uh, we want to presume still. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult situation. For me, how I still see it is it's the motivation part. It's He took over a team that's 12th. Players probably lost belief after seeing Fatih Terim lose, after this assistant I've manager. I've always said, yeah, like, come in. I don't yeah, blame, I don't blame Torn for any of this. I think he's the person that's least, you know, responsible for this mess, in mm-hmm. all honesty, you know. But like sometimes his words do kind of irritate me. Like I came this and, and this wasn't available, or a team was in this shape. Like okay, but you know. Hojam, you you knew what you were expecting, what to expect. This is Turkey. That's like the only thing that irritates me about some of the things he says. But other than that, you know, I don't blame mm-hmm. him as much as no, I do. I, I get what you at mean. The top. I get what yeah. you mean. Like excuses can go up to a certain part, but not with yeah. every loss that you go back to. But hey, this is mm-hmm. not my team. You know, you have to be pragmatic and still do or try to get something uh, out of these matches. Like you can't always just go back to that. That's just very easy. Every manager could do that. That's just like, not how it works. Look at look at the the basketball team, right? Pistiolas mm-hmm. came in. They were like not in great shape, but he won every single game, and now they mm-hmm. uh, landed third place. You know, that wasn't his mm-hmm. team when he took over. He made something of it. That's yeah, true. I think yeah, I think mm, I, I think Tor I think Torrent. Um, Actually, I, I'm I'm not sure. You know, like he's definitely he, he from what it, what I can tell and from what we're seeing, I think he's definitely on his way out. But I don't know when he leaves, if he'll have any regrets on the things he did. Like, I, I I don't really know what there is he can regret. Like he came in to a shitstorm, and he tried implementing a, the style of of football that he knows and. Of of course he's going to do that, and whether that you know whether that was successful or not, I guess we can go ahead and assume it wasn't successful. I, I don't really know what he could have done differently. Um, so I don't know if he'll regret anything. He he'll probably feel like he was treated a little bit unfairly in Turkey. It was probably a culture shock as well coming here from a, a lot you know from a much more I guess civilized footballing country like Spain. Um, Watch out I'm sure <laughs> he was in Brazil prior to Turkey. <laughs> yeah, so they, they kind of yeah, have like the same, you know, culture as us. Not same, but very similar. Yeah. Well, he didn't last long there either. So yeah, maybe I don't know if we can compare the two and say that the same same sort of thing happened. But um, I would imagine in Brazil it would be a similar thing where you know teams don't really give you that much of a time and. Uh, like a time uh, that much time to work with a team and they sort of expect results on demand 
I would mm-hmm. imagine Brazil is similar to that. But um, yeah, I don't know when he's when it's over and done with, and he looks back at at his little tenure here. I don't know if he'll regret anything. I do kind of feel bad for him, but it is what it is. Turkey's uh, it's a, it's a different beast, man. He shot a shot, man. That's all you can say, you know. He, he yeah, took a chance. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. what is he gonna do? That's true. He he shot a shot at a very difficult task, I might add. Uh, it's not like um, the last time we sacked a ch- uh, coach with who had atrocious results was Prandelli, because uh, as I think mentioned before, I think Yasin did too. Is Prandelli joined during the preseason? He started from the beginning, so to say. Thorn took over a team that is, well, rock bottom for our standards, definitely. Like twelve is just really below par, and uh, yeah, that's all he can probably say. It's it's will to me. It still feels it just like Emre said before. It still feels unjust uh, for his tenure if he would leave at the end of the season. He barely got any transfers. Uh, he had to just work with what he has, as said before. And he's just not the coach for it. We, we just didn't need a system coach at this time. We needed someone to just snatch results and almost play this relegation-type football to just win ugly, but still get the points. Doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you get it. That's at least my view. Uh, Mazar, I think you wanted to say something. I heard your voice a bit, but... No, I disagreed sure. with, I disagreed with uh, what you were saying. Prandelli and Torrent aren't comparable. I don't know if there's people online that are comparing them, but if they are, I think they need to take a good look at themselves and in both situations. <laughs> Prandelli is probably the worst coach we've ever gotten in history. Well, not probably, he was the worst <laughs> coach in history. Torrent yeah. isn't that bad. As much as, much as we love um, giving him crap, it's, it's, not, it's really not that bad. It's just the situation's messed up. We, we don't have any players to, to begin with. Our board isn't the best. And then our coach is, I guess... He's not amazing, but he's not exactly terrible either. It's just situations just sucks in every mm-hmm. single way. Because if we if we look over to our neighbors at Besiktas, they recently got a new coach as well, uh, Valerian Ismail, I believe, or Ismail. He's also not really doing that well in a way. His start has been kind of on the rough side. I think he has so far what was it one win, like one last three or four draws. Like it is it is hard to just mid-season takeover team I think that's what we agreed all on pretty much like the sack okay maybe not the best but I can understand it but mid-season is just not the way to do it not in the state that we were and the plays that we have it's just kind of impossible task uh, task. and as we can see uh, we're still at the same place we haven't moved you could say in a way maybe that's a good thing I guess but we're still 13th. Like, man, I just want the season to be over. That's my conclusion. I just want to move on to next season, have some transfers, sell some plays. I don't know what, but we need to get back on top. That's all I can say. That'll definitely take time. That's true. Um, after the game, Torrent also made some comments on uh, on our play. Um, as in, he mentioned that he uh, loves Muslera, for example which I think is a good comment to make, uh, especially for Yasin. I know he isn't here, but, uh, you know, that's uh, that's well said. He also mentioned he will be here for one more year, apparently. Um, he doesn't read social media. I think that's also probably a good thing, as uh, our fans, as you know, after one good game, they'll want to probably 
plant a statue of you and praise you to God. And once you lose like one game, you they you know want to wish you the wish you death and whatever. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm sure his health would <laughs> rapidly decline if he actively was on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie it's like a tick of me whenever we play i always go to his insta page and go to his well one post that he has with godstrike and like, <laughs> he says that he's happy to be here and just check comments and then uh <laughs> these turks that can't spell properly you know saying bye bye with like b and just a y you know stuff like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's 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 oh man it's funny to see but also sad at the same time um anything else to add about the match like yeah also already i already mentioned muslera but yeah one one more thing as well i think so what did you guys think of, about the uh the substitutions in this match so I'll, I'll just go through it quick so we had um we had uh Bafetin Bigomis, he came in for uh mustafa mohammed uh eric pulgar came in for chikaldao morutan came in for kerem halil came in for thailand and Barish came in for uh, Ryan Babel. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? I was I was pretty happy, I guess, with the like just from the way the match was going. I think it was pretty good subs. Gomis, I, I don't know, man. I just I'm really really over him. So I I would have probably just kept Momo in there and see what what he could do, because he like. He he never plays, and he's he probably does want to leave. Like we mentioned earlier, the interest from France, he's probably all over that because he, he doesn't even see the the time of day anymore. I probably would have just see left his face. him in. Did you see his yeah. face when he was subbed off? He looked really unhappy. He was, he was tilted yeah. as hell. Exactly, yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, it would be a shame to lose him because we were you know choosing Gomis for all all of our matches in the second half of the season. That would be a, a really big shame, but. Um, otherwise I thought it was good we got we got more attackers in there we had Pulgar in for some balance and then Morutan, Halil and Barish came in to try to try to make something happen I was happy with that uh, what did you guys think of the subs? I thought they were really late like well not all of them but Morutan and Barish man what why 90th minute like yeah those maybe I late, guess yeah. trying to like hold a hold a zero zero for as long as he can and trying to go for like a last minute you know all out attack with the fresh fee or something like I don't know uh, my biggest concern is I don't know what what it is but why does all these other players keep playing over Momo like why did Jognet keep playing over Momo why is now Gomez playing over Mustafa like what is going on in the in the background that Mustafa just cannot seem to consistently start and play for 90 minutes, even though he's way younger, and we definitely know he has the energy to, to you know, push the oh, full definitely. 90 minutes. Like, what is going on? That blows my mind. Because we're thinking, you know, five Tatum, you know, he has no tactics, this, people say that. Okay, but what about Torrent? Like, this guy is, like, the tactic master, but yet we're seeing the same issue with him. Like, what is going on? You know, What are like, our coaches seeing that we don't? It's, I, it it's, it's driving me crazy, man. It's him. He's our future. He's Mustafa's our future, and like mm-hmm. he's not gonna get better if he's not consistently playing. So, I don't know. What do you guys think, Maz? What do you think, bro? I think I think um, John, you can disagree with me on this, but I think there are some players that look good in training, and there's some players that don't look good in trainings. 
And I feel like uh, Mustafa falls under the line of the players that don't look that good in trainings. Because I know this yeah, isn't like, just that could football. be entirely true. There's 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 a few sports that are like this. It's the same thing in in like the bas- in basketball as well. You say, oh, why is this player getting so many minutes over another player? It's it's because that the first player is they're usually veterans. They know what the coach wants to see, and they usually play like that in training. Like, did you guys see the post that I posted? Um, I think it was this week. It was about the the tra- the thing, the team that won in training. It was mm-hmm. like Arda was in that team. Like <laughs> Arda doesn't win anything anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I guess he's one of those. This guy, man. Except body fat. I, I guess it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, like that. That could be. A, that uh, could be the case for sure. Like he yeah. could just not be. Uh, he he could just not be looking good in training. He could not be responding well to Torrent and whatever his instructions are. Absolutely, I think. I think the thing with that and the reason why people get, including myself, why why we get so upset with it, is because of what he looked like when he first came to the team. You know, like I know we we made uh, the discussion already about players looking really really good when they first come to the club and then they slowly decline. And we we talked in, in the past why why we think that is and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he looked phenomenal when he first when he first joined. Man, he was scoring left, right, and center. Dangerous position. That as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly and that. that. So and then that red card incident happened and it all went to shit basically. For sure. So it's like, you know, if he if he's playing, at least we have a chance to get that player back, you know, and a chance we could see those things again. But if he's not playing, then, you know, that hurts. We just exactly. it, he's just he's dead in the water. Right. But but what what Mazar said, it, it, it like that, that's totally reasonable. It could that could very well be the case, which is unfortunate if that's what it is. But, um, you know, regardless it's it's a little bit disappointing to see if if mustafa and gomez were about the same age i'd be more inclined to believe mazar but what i'm seeing on the field from gomez is not in- indicative of what i expect from a like a striker like like he's not poaching gomez can barely run for 15 minutes right but mustafa was out there crunch crunch time running his ass off and just we just like I feel like he's getting he's let down by this team very often. Like he barely receives any, you know, service, and just making him look bad. I don't know. I I wish he can be the forefront of our our team, but it just it doesn't seem. I think he's gonna go to France, like you guys said. I think you just add it up to here because he goes to his national team, he scores there, but when he comes back to us, it just seems like he just disappears. Cannot get like you said the, the time of the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know, man. We're just misusing him, and and the training part. Now that I think of it, and knowing that uh, Torrent, well, was assistant manager of Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola is also really hard on training, if I remember correctly. Like I believe he benched Aguero for very multiple occasions just because he didn't like the way he trained. Not that he didn't work hard, but just not the way yeah. he trained. St- like stuff like that. And if Torrent has that same thought process then that could explain the reason but just like how Emre mentions like what it, what it, what is what is Torrent or Fatern before seeing in these other strikes that we don't I, I, so I just don't see the added value as maybe, much as maybe maybe the last 
because uh, I know we have some uh, we have some questions and stuff to get to. So maybe the last thing I'll say about this to close it off is I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you like this, okay? So you know I'm no I'm no Guardiola, I'm no Dominic Torrent, I'm nothing like that. But I I have been doing this for ten years now, a decade of my life I've put into this, and I'm gonna tell you this: sometimes you have really talented players. And when it comes when it comes time to make a decision who who you're, is going to be on the pitch on on match day, you include those really talented players for certain reasons. And you know, in my case, parents might come up to me after the game if if the game didn't go our way or whatever the case is, and say, "Why is so and so not playing?" Or that kid's parents might come and say, "Why is he not playing?" And I I put it very simple, very simple. You know, I'll say we had four training sessions this week. He was at two of them. The two of them he came to, he was late. I told him to do this. He didn't do it. I'm trying to tell him this. He's not listening. He's doing this and that. And that could very well be the situation. And for me, even if he is the most talented person on the team, doesn't come to training, shows up late to training, has a bad attitude in training. I'm talking. He's not listening. He's looking away. Stuff like that. I, he won't be in the squad. It's, it's literally as simple as that. He won't be in the squad. Doesn't matter how talented he is, and just like what Saudi said with uh, Pep and Aguero, that could like just a simple thing. He might not have liked the way Aguero's uh, training. It just might mm-hmm. have annoyed him, or it just exactly. it, it might not have suited what he needed, right? And that's how it goes. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case with Momo. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Sometimes the best players, they don't play, and there's certain things, you know, they have all the talent in the world with a football at their feet, but they're lacking other things in their personality or work ethic or whatever it is. So that's just how it goes sometimes, man. I, I hope he returns back to, you know, the potential we know he can reach, but we'll see how it goes, man. We haven't seen anything regarding him having issues with the coach before or training issues with Terim prior so like you you make good points right like work ethic will trump you know skill eventually right work hard get to places so but like i I, you don't ever hear him having these kind of issues like you know work Uh ethic issues or like going against the coach like for multiple games when he was benched you don't see him like lash out on anybody i've never seen mustafa mad at his teammates before you know, so I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's something beneath the surface that we're missing that we don't know. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. It's possible. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, yeah. we'll never know or not for now, at least. But yeah, it's a possibility. It's just a possibility based on what else could it be? Because on the pitch, I think he's the best striker we have, but he just doesn't play. I don't know. It's 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 a weird situation that we're in. All right. Having talked enough about the game, shall we move on to some questions that we received? And Do it. let's see. Yeah, let's go. So the first question asked by Barbecue Jackson on uh, the Galsai subreddit. And he asked, Since fans have been shitting so hard on Muslera recently, was the mistake to extend his contract? Should we even consider terminating his contract because his salary is relatively high. John, Can I just say, say, I'm just going to, yeah, thank you. I'm just going to say one quick thing about it. So the main question was, was it a mistake to extend his contract? And mm-hmm. um, 
my answer to that is watch our last match and you tell me. Yeah, well said. That's that's well said. He had, what, 10 saves? 7 from inside the box. He was pretty much our man of the match. Literally saved John from losing out on 3 points for the prediction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I, I hate to bring it up for like the third or fourth time now, but he, aside from those saves, he brings other things to the table. Like when we were talking about the whole safety net thing and just the mentality you have when you know he's in goal. It's a, it adds a different type of confidence and calmness to when you play. And that is, how do you, can you, like, how do you put a price on that? You know, a, a word, like, how do you... How do you measure that? How do you how do you gauge that? Right? That's a that's such an important thing that not every player has. So it's like, no, I don't think it was a mistake to extend his contract. He his salary is high, of course, but you know when he plays like we know he can, I don't think anyone complains about how much money he makes because, um, yeah, he's incredible on his day. So let me let me just put it this way, and I'm gonna paraphrase this. This is from Emre Belezolo. He mentioned that the re- one of the reasons why there's such a discrepancy between cups as of late between Fenerbahce and Galatasaray is mainly due to Muslera. So, like, think about sure. it. Think on that. Do we? Muslera is how old? Thirty-five ish. My, I'm pretty bad with ages and stuff. Thirty-five. I believe it's thirty-five. Uh, yeah. So. He still has a couple of years left in him. <laughs> I'd rather not have to worry about replacing a keeper who we know is solid still and have to deal with repla- like going through another Sinan Bolat situation. Um, but we do have some, I guess, prospect with Okan Koch as a, as a potential backup or replacement Okan to Muslera. Okan Kochuk, you mean? Kochuk? Whoops, I made the same mistake as uh, Yasin. <laughs> Yasin, yeah, exactly. <laughs> His spirit is still here. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> carrying on the torch here. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, and, and that salary, it can always be negotiated. And Muslera is like one of the guys, I, I, I believe, would be open to negotiating a, a lower salary. So. Yeah, he loves the club, so. the club loves him. I even think he's going to be... Uh, coach or a director or something down the yeah. line they better yeah. build his ass a damn statue absolutely right outside the damn stadium yeah so yeah i i i, I love muslera he should stay and then people should not listen to anybody who think he should be leaving because he has a game or two that he did you know bad in like get out of here bro shit how many cups did this man win you on his own jesus christ exactly um, yeah what else can i ask pretty much that's all there is to say it. about that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> my answer on it would be the same. I don't think it's a mistake to extend the contract given uh, the time it happened. It's fine. He's a good keeper. He still is. Yes, he has shaky moments. And if there's one thing I maybe not like as much about him is his distribution at times. But besides that, he's a phenomenal shot stopper. Like he does his job well. What a keeper is supposed to do. So. I, I think he mentions more about when Muslera makes a mistake, how uh, probably social media or fans go go ape shit. But it happens with every player when they make a mistake. I feel like they I start lynching just, the man. Exactly. While, like, bro, he deserves everything. Like, this man has been with us for how many years has it now been? Eleven years, I think. Uh, yeah, eleven years. He's joined twenty eleven. He deserves it. So. No, I don't think it's a mistake. And the salary, although high, 
he deserves it more than like a Babel who earns a shit ton or Fuguli maybe less so, but like those type of players. Yeah, Babel anyway, doesn't earn deserves deserve a penny in my eyes. Wanna go next, Emre? Sure. So this question is uh from Infinite Character Eight on Reddit. Uh he seems to be a fan of Felipe Melo, my man. Uh okay, so his question is how the Academy Youth Program is managed versus how it should be managed. As we can see, there's a disconnect somewhere between development and transition to the A-team. Uh, yeah, and then we have another similar question from Royal Lemonade, who's also on Reddit, and he's carrying the Mitten Oktai tag. Oh, respect. And he asks, any youngsters you guys would like to see play on our main team? What do you guys think? I think um, the first part of the question about the academy. So <clears throat> this is my thing with academies and I I am a coach in an academy as well. So th- this is my this is my thing with it. I think that in an ideal academy you need to have you know your your first team um your first team your A team in the academy should be like a template of and the example of the philosophy and how you want your teams to play and that that needs to carry down through each and every youth team u19 all the way down if your club has a u8 team i sorry u8 team or u7 team little kids it should be when when the kids are that young 7 8 9 that's when the seeds are planted you know and then 12 13 14 you see those that that philosophy and that style of play come to life so that by the time they're old enough to play for the A team they can play for the A team and you know it's a it's a seamless transition but that doesn't seem to be uh, a culture in Turkey unfortunately you know we have like just look at this year for example the A team went from Fatih Terim who has his own uh philosophy his own ideas to Dominic Torrent who has totally different ideas totally different philosophy and that makes it a lot harder for youth players to come up and and play for the first team eventually right so that's that's how it's managed and I said how I think it should be managed in an ideal world that's if you want to have a really successful academy Um, and then the second part to the question is about the youngsters who we'd like to see I think everyone knows by now Hamza Akman is Akman. Yeah, he's uh I think I think in the summer he should start training with the first team right away. He looks really I was so surprised in that friendly we played. He looked so calm on the ball. His decision making was fantastic. So that was really really good to see. He's uh 17, 2004 born player. So in the summer, I think it's time that he gets uh he gets some training time with the the first team, and then maybe that season here or there he can pick up some minutes, slowly introduce like maybe 80th, 85th minute substitution, and then we can go from there. And then there's two other names that that pop out, not just for me, I'm sure for everyone, but I don't know if you if you guys know about this one, but um, there's a left back. Uh, um, what's his name again? T- no. Uh, Tintish, I think, Emir Tintish or something like that. Uh, he played in the friendly as well. He's a, he's also a 2004 born player, and he looked really really good uh, as well. So and and also I, I watched some of the um, some of the the games that that they play as well the the youth team, and he he always looks really really good. So I think he should probably 
I, I don't know if he should start. Tr- I, I mean, if, if possible, he can start training with the um, the team in the in the summer. But I think Hamza is a lot more like prepared for that. And then the third that comes to mind, of course, is Beknaz. Um so yeah, yeah everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows. He, he's like he he's kind of been on everyone's radar for some time now, since I think he was maybe thirteen, maybe even younger. So yeah, what what do you guys think? Um, I want to go back to what you were saying about you know the, the about a philosophy being you know ingrained into you know the youngins, right? You said you nineteen, like start from there, or, like even just start younger. from what. The younger team, whatever is below the A team, it's like, you know how La Masia has it, right? From a very young age, they're taught a certain philosophy and they stick with that philosophy all the way up. So Mm -hmm. they like, you know, go up the ladder and make it to the A team eventually, right? And like in Turkey, everybody's just, I'll just do this, I'll do that. There's like no proper planning with anything. I think (laughs) the only team that I know that has like a decent, um, Youth Academy's Altenordu. Yeah. And everyone else is lacking severely, you know, in a population of 80 million plus. Like, it's amazing that we cannot... We also talked about this. There's also an economic climate that doesn't really allow for, you know, youth productive, produce, producing youth uh, players. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a disconnect between development and transition, too. It's like, we see these young players time and time again win championships in the youth divisions right in our mm-hmm. in our um youth teams but they don't seem to be able to make it to the first team i don't know what's going on there is it just i i feel like a lot of it has to do with our culture. mindset culture yeah. exactly because remember we had ali yavuz cole man everyone wanted him to play kid does bad one game i think it was one or two and they just immediately wrote him off. Just immediately. This happened with Yunus to an extent as well. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason why I think Fatih Tatum sent him away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like people are very impatient. They want to be the next Ajax, but they don't want to wait, you know, a year or two. Let the kids play, perform. Even if it's for 20, 25 minutes, you know. Like, coaches are scared to put these players in because they're going to get scolded. They're going to get scolded, and so is the player. Oh, why are you playing this mm-hmm. kid? He's not Galsaray material. Like, how would you know? You can't know in two games with, like, 50 minutes of total play time. That's my thought on this. Yeah, like, that. that's why I don't think Turkey is suited for... It's not the best environment for youth players. Like, the pressure and stuff like that in Turkey is... It's not... Um, and the mindset as well that people have in Turkey, it's not really suited for young players to thrive... You know, look at Kerem. Do you remember Kerem's uh, interview? Yeah, we exactly. were talking about it. Exactly. That's why. That's why I think the better approach in Turkey. See, in in other leagues, like I I mentioned earlier, in more um, uh, I can't remember the word I used about Spain, but in like a better in a better fo- football country, um, I think teams are a lot. They're able to pull from their youth a lot easier. Like when you see uh, like Bayern or Dortmund or you know Barcelona reach into the uh, yeah reach into the youth pool and grab someone and put them right in the first team for a match if need be. Um, Countries like that are more suited for that sort of thing. Whereas I think a better idea in Turkey is to have 
a much slower approach, you know, include players in the squad, like first get them training with the first team. Then after training with the first team, include them in the match day squad. And then after being in a few right. match day squads, give them five five minutes here or there, ten minutes here or there, right? And like mm-hmm. look at um look at Arda Güler from Fenerbahce. That's ex- literally exactly what happened. Like they, that was the exact process, and he's doing well now. So I think that's a you kind of have to approach it that way in Turkey, where in other in other countries that are a bit more you know have a bit better I guess football culture. However you want to put it, I think they're able to easily, you know, more easy, easier, whatever the the word is, more easily reach into the integrate. Uh, oh, yeah, like reach into the youth pool a bit easier, right? But mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I like Emre said, uh, you know, we're a country of eighty million people, so um, I don't want to hear that the talent isn't there, or the youth isn't there. I find that impossible. I think it's there. I just don't think that it's, uh, you know, the youth are treated properly and, um, you know, the system is, it's, it's not good. It's not a good, it's not a good environment for youth players, right. man. It's a, it's a shame that in order for Arde Güler to even see the light of day, that he, the team had to be in a dire position. Like the, the fans were like, all right, we're not going to do anything this year. Just let the kids play. I'd rather see them play. I promise you, if they were in a championship position, like top three-ish, the kid would have mm-hmm. never seen the light of day. Never. It's, it's It kind of happened with us. Remember Ozan Kabak? He was literally our last option. Resort. and that's the la- Exactly, last resort, and that's the only reason he got to play. It, it, it's kind of upsetting yeah. to see that happen. And it's you like, know? look at that. It, it's, so, it's so like sink or swim. Like in Ozan Kabak's exactly. case, he swam. And because of that, he found moves abroad and furthered his career, which isn't really at the highest point it is right now. But still, he moved abroad and, you know, played for some some really respectable clubs. Whereas, imagine if that time came and we used him and he sank. Right. Where would he be right now if, you know, he'd probably Certainly. be on loan somewhere. Some other mm-hmm. Turkish team on loan, you know? So, yeah. Man, a lot has been said. What What else can I add? It's just... Like almost everything you guys said from how to integrate the football culture, it's a culmination of almost everything. The, I think the Turkish nation, oh, that sounded really serious. Uh, Turkey, <laughs> as a culture, is just, if you look at it, we're very emotional people. We want maximum result, like least amount of effort for most stuff. And with these youngsters, you know, they just don't come out as perfect footballers right from the academy. You need to give them time. They need to learn, adapt, and become the player that they are going to be. And just the way that we do it, just like you guys mentioned before, like Ali Auskol, for example, I believe after like, how many games did he even play? One, maybe two. Um, and didn't have the best of games. I believe he even deactivated his socials because he just got bombarded with insults and I don't know what from fans. And I'm like... That's just, (laughs) that's so unfair and so short-term minded that I don't know how as a nation it would then develop. We see it as well in the um, coefficient points. We've been just dropping and dropping and we just keep on dropping because just as a nation we keep making these wrong decisions. And it starts from the most basic stuff from what I see. Just just to give an example, because you guys live in, uh, well, mega cities compared to me. 
so from the city I'm from in Turkey, which has like a population of like, what is it, 100k, I believe, which is, of course, nothing for you guys. I believe the whole city has one football club. I'm not joking. Like one team that you've, maybe two at most, that you could go to and, uh, uh, what you say, like play games and be in a team like the A, the C, whatever. The city I'm from here in the Netherlands has population of 200k, so yes, it's bigger. But I believe we have like probably 20, cl- 20 clubs or so that kids can go to. And they're all filled with volunteers as well. Like no one's getting paid because that's what the culture is here like. Like they find sport important. Of course, there's a different economic climate over here, but people are more willing to do it compared to, let's say, uh, our people or, uh, you know, some other nation i can't name it right now um and about the integration uh, yeah because our league is so how should i say it again emotional in a way i think john's approach is best and the the example that he gave with arda guler and i I wish yasin was here for it he would have been happy that we mentioned him but oh well i think i think that method is probably best i know it doesn't look good to just keep giving these players like for example kerem last year just keep them like 5, 10, maybe 2 minutes at most. But if they can fry from that and produce from that, then you can keep integrating them more and giving them more minutes. And at some point, play a half maybe, or even play a full game against when we are in next season, we're third and we play against the 18th of the league. Like, okay, surely we can now maybe use one youngster. That's how we should probably move forward. And how we can keep uh, the mental side of the player uh, well, and also keep the you know, you know coach not being bombarded with uh, all the comments from social media. So uh, it, there, there's a lot wrong, I would say, in terms of just academy or youth programs and how our players are being integrated. One comment that also comes to mind now is Enes Unal when he was uh, when he moved, I believe, to Twente here in the Netherlands. He had an interview and he also talked about Turkish football and basically. What it came down to is he kind of said that in Turkey, just developing is just not it. It's best to move out to some European country because they know how to do it properly. Oh, absolutely. And get the best out of you, you know, compared to there. That's just like the Kerem interview, right? So we got a lot and, of insight and, from all of that. Yeah. And if we don't, if we don't improve, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, I'm not, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly totally opposed to you know, our youth players moving abroad, I think it's a lot better for them than staying in Turkey. But, you know, if we ever want to improve, then we need to change that. You know, there needs to be Mm -hmm. some type of culture change so that youth stay in Turkey and want to stay in Turkey so we can develop them. That's how you groom players and breed players. And, you know, your clubs make money because you were able to develop players and you sell them abroad. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess in Turkey, but yeah, it is what it is. I don't know if we'll ever see change. That's just how it goes. Let's hope for the best. Now that uh, TFF president has been, well, fired, I guess. Uh, we'll get a new one. Let's see what he's going to implement. I hope it's someone with a more uh, European mentality. I've heard people say like uh, someone like a Hamid Altintop type person. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know it's not going to happen. I know football is way too political. It'll be the same shit, different toilet. <laughs> yeah, man. it's going to be some political mess again. But, oh well. Let's move on to the last question. Uh, John, you want to take this? Yes. 
um, I'm not sure how to say Arzur zero Arzurel zero four, maybe that's probably close. right. I don't know if it matters because his flair is Gomis, but anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Question is, do you think Galatasaray are strong enough to? I guess he's saying to like compete in a title race, or do you think lower than that? Um. So no, no, I I don't think we're strong enough. But I do think if we have, um, you know, good coaching from the start of the season to the end with no coaching interruptions, I think that we could finish, um, maybe in the top four, like maybe fourth. Uh, I don't think we can win the title. I don't think we're strong enough. I think we're lacking in a lot of areas, and probably the most important, the midfield. We're literally not going to win any games without a solid midfield. So, um, no, I don't think we're strong enough, but possibly a top four finish. I think I can I can see that. Fourth or fifth is doable with this squad. I, I, I'd hope so. And would you be satisfied with a top four finish? Or would you say that we should push for uh, a higher with the right transfers, of course? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think... Like, look, we didn't become the most successful club in the country by having, you know, a mindset where we're aiming for fourth. We want to be the best at all times, always. We want to compete at the highest level, always, the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if the opportunities and the resources are there to make smart transfers and have better coaching and surround the club with professionals, then we should absolutely do it. Um Will will it happen? I I don't. I'm not really sure. The summer is definitely going to be interesting and a lot of things to keep an eye on. But as it stands right now, I don't think we will ever win a a title with this squad. What about you, Emre? Um. Well, I'm gonna have to agree with John. This squad is missing a few players here and there that could elevate our game. Ah, uh, but is that going to happen? Are we going to be able to get players? Because meaning, like, if we are going to buy players, that means we have to let go of some of our, you know, players like either Markao or Kerem or even Nelson. And I would rather keep them. And But that would mean that we become lone Sarai again. Mm-hmm. So it's like a... It's it's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's It's going to be tough, but if we play our cards right, we can challenge the top fourth place and try to go to Europe and just slowly rebuild. I don't think uh, a title will come next year, maybe even for two years. But I know this is Galsaray. We'll always challenge for it, no matter the cost. But I I personally want to see us become more relevant, raise those coefficient points in Europe, whether it's Conference League or Europa League, and get back into the Champions League, get those number one spots back going directly in. Well, not directly anymore. What is what? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, raise the coefficient points to ah, get exactly. those Sorry. spots back. Because what is what what is the championship giving us anymore? <laughs> like, first of all, you know the 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 broadcast rights. Everybody's trying to lowball it because of how terrible our league is. So, <laughs> winning the championship barely gets you that much money anyway. You're probably better off going into Europe and going all out there, opposed to going all out in Turkey. Because you probably make more money in the long run, and at the same time raising the coefficient points, and and that's got it's in golf size genes, right? That's why it was like founded to beat teams that weren't Turkish. So I think that's 
that is what we'll be aiming for. That's what I hope we'll aim for. Challenge for the, the championship, but make European spots. Europe our priority yeah, first. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. My take would be that just like you guys, based on this season's performance where we've been really poor. However, I think it's fixable. If you really look past the bad performances, I mean results, I should say, and look really at the performances, I think our defense, I know with Torrent we've been worse, but still, I don't think our defense is really the problem. Forwards, main striker, yes, like an alternative to Momo is a problem, but our wingers are fine in my books. It's mainly the midfield. Our midfield just doesn't control the game. They they, they lose possession. They just don't win their duels. And if that can be fixed, with, for example, Ejeka, who plays in midfield, we could... I see. I do see us end up uh, in, the, in the top four. Only question will be how much higher. I know I sound really optimistic now. Um, I, th- I think Trabzon, for example, next year will still be relevant. Their team that they have right now is like... A, very, how should I say, uh, an experienced, established. established, experienced team. Exactly. Um, Besiktas, for example, I think they'll lose Bachwai and they have some really old players in there as well. So I, I think we might even get Pjanic. like a third spot. Could even be possible. But again, just like John said before, with some right signings, I don't think we need too many, just a lot of signings. We just need a few quality signings. And the and the right coach and the right coach, so made to play for the strengths of the players, not like system <laughs> coach. So yeah, exactly. If you're gonna bring a system coach, and you're gonna have to like find the money to, you know, buy the players that'll fit that system, which we do not have currently, unless you sell like the most important players, Kerem Marco, who actually yeah. kept us from actually, yeah. Without them, we'd probably be relegated. Oh, for sure. So, I don't know. Like Just like John said before, Karim is our only attacking threat. Based on his individual skill, we're still able to get some points here and there. And Markau and Nelson as well have been rock solid in the back. At least for their part, right? Like, as far as they can do. Of course, we still mm-hmm. receive uh, concede goals, but as far as they can uh, influence the game. Um... All right, any closing thoughts for this week's match or news or whatever, something you missed? Or, yeah, uh, maybe we could just... Uh, yeah, we, maybe we can... I don't know if you have the other ones, but maybe the three of us will just give our predictions for the uh, the next match. The Adana match. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, We're at who home. goes first? <laughs> I think, I'll, John, you I'll, should go first. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, I'll defend my, uh, my title from last week. Um... <laughs> So it's a home match. Um, this is a tricky one. This is going to be... So I think this is going to be difficult to get three points. But um, uh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go ahead and say I think that we could pull off... Uh, I'm going to say 2-0. A win. 2-0 win. A win. Yeah, 2-0 win. But it will be very difficult. And I would not be surprised um, whatsoever if we concede... But I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb and say a 2-0 win. Let's get it. All right. I have that noted. And what about you, Emre? What do you think? Well, if I were to look at Aldana's past four games, they've lost all the games. Uh, they're not in great form. They've been conceding more than a goal. So I think I'm going to go on and say 
that I agree with John. I think we're going to win at home, but I think we'll concede in the process. Classic. Mm-hmm. 2-1. 2-1. Yeah, I'll say 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one win. Of, of course. course. Um, of yeah, course. Just like you guys, Adana has been in really poor form away as well. They seem to concede a lot of goals. Uh, recently losing to Alanya Kiresun. So, for the fact we're playing at home as well, I'm going to say that we, uh, we we snatch a result here. We we will win, let's think. I think a 2-1 win is the most logical thing that will happen. I bet mm. Yunus will somehow score against us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a worldie from outside the box, but we'll, we'll still snatch it. Um, based on their form and... We're playing at home, like even though we've been really horrible at uh, this season, at home we still do relatively well, still okay, you know. So that's uh, that's what I will say. And right. on that high note, this will be a wrap. Thank you for listening. Um, hope to have you here next week as well, and uh, see you next time. So bye bye, peace, cheers.